in the background I got going on. There we go. Hi. Right. I saw you. <laughs> you hear me? How, how are you? I'm doing great. No more. Well, it's good to have you here. I did a little introduction. I don't know if people can hear me or not because my sound was acting crazy. So I just unplugged everything, all the little equipment I got here. So I unplugged everything so we can hear each other. So we just got past the 18th year of the life. Wow. So (laughs) I'm going to start. I'm going to let you take over. This is your show today. I want you to just share, first of all, introduce yourself for me, let the people know who you are, and then we jump right into it. Okay. All right. Um, good evening, everybody. My name is Majida Rashid. I'm the Chief Operating Officer of the Nicetown Community Development Corporation and have been um, with the Nicetown CDC since 2003. Wow. Wow. And tell us a little bit. So it's in Nicetown. I, you know, I did some homework, as you probably saw, that the building that it's in is historic. Tell us a little bit about the mission, the mission of the Nicetown CDC. Well, our mission officially is to improve the quality of life for those who live um, and work in Nicetown and surrounding communities. And we um, do that by goals and objectives that are inclusive and um, kind of focus on certain priorities like uh, providing supportive services, um, doing affordable housing. We do affordable housing and mixed use development, um, commercial corridor revitalization, um, stabilizing and trying to help grow businesses and um, land care, land management. So, uh, I say Rep was calling me. <laughs> look, look, busy, busy. <laughs> um, so we do those multifaceted things and try to connect with um, those we serve from youth to seniors. And, um, you know, we've been doing quite a bit, like in between things, community gardens, things like that, um, trying to make sure the community is clean with cleanup programs and things like that. But we, the main thing we do is we can do nothing of that without um, community engagement, ongoing, ongoing community engagement and outreach. That's one of our biggest challenges, but it's a must to um, be able to connect with the community, inform them, keep them updated on things and let them know what's available to them. Okay. So far as some of the programs that's available to the community, what, where, where would you start? If you are in an interview with me, of course, <laughs> and I know nothing about the series, <laughs> right? <laughs> so um, what would you say, like, okay, someone who came in, they needed help. How would you, what would be the first program you introduced to that, that no, for the no-brainers? Um, the first program I would introduce more than likely would be our NAC program, our Neighborhood Advisory Committee program which is basically a a program that provides just about, it's the community part, just the community aspects, all the outreach, all the cleanups, recycle bins, food distribution, all of everything that has to do with community, RCOs and things like that, it comes through our NAC program. So that's kind of comprehensive. 
and it'll get you out there in the mix and you can find out what the needs are, what people's needs are and communicate those things and keep the community engaged. Right, right, right. Mm. So when someone, like let's say someone wanted to get involved, they wanted to be a part mm. of the Nice Town CDC, they want to come back and you know help out, uh, contribute in any way, what would they need to do to be a part mm-hmm. of it? Well, it's interesting that you say that because our NAC program, um, we have a neighborhood advisory subcommittee that's actually a community elected group of people. They're not necessarily a board, it's still a subcommittee, but they act in an advisory role to the Nice Town CDC. So most of those people are people from the community that are nominated by the community. And um, whatever they already do, they bring that to the table and join with others and they all work together to to make a difference in the community so if people want to if somebody wants to get, really get involved and, and make a difference that way they can do it that way but if, yeah but of course you know we're always looking for sponsors and um people that are out there that can help us uh get the work done so it depends on what we're doing but we're always, you know, looking for people that are really interested in being active, actively involved in the determination of the community. Okay, okay. So, what what happens? I mean, in the background here, I know what we. I think a lot of us know what happens in the forefront, but mm-hmm. I'm going to talk more about the work that's being put in in the back end because. You know, when you see people come through and they're like, I put an application in and I ain't hearing nothing from nobody. <laughs> and we know, you know, and I've, I've been there and I'm like, oh, my God, how do you do this? You know, yeah. so you can talk a little bit about the staff, the people that work there and the hard work that they actually put in. Oh, wow. Our staff is phenomenal um, because a lot of times because we have so many programs, um, they have to get the word out about them and they also we also have to manage them so on the back end like you said we have to make sure that all our ducks are in a row in terms of um keeping those programs running um invoicing for those programs and things like that and you wouldn't believe sometimes we get so busy we we are too busy to even invoice for what the work that we've already done right our staff is really good at that and for example, right now we're doing phase four rental assistance, which is pretty busy. And um, there's an ebb and flow to it. So sometimes you might get a whole wave of people and then you'll have a little break in between. But it's a lot of back end administrative work that has to go on, a lot of paperwork um, and things getting input into databases on the computer, troubleshooting with, with people that don't know how to navigate these online processes and things like that. So sometimes that can get a bit stressful. Um, you know, I know, for instance, um, our rental assistance coordinator, April, is so good. She's really good. And it was a, a lady that came in and she was deaf and she wow. had never learned sign language. So you had to write everything down for her. She was trying to convey to us. And, yeah. you know, April knew how to get in touch with uh, TTY services and things like that. Nice. And started working out for her. So they have to have that kind of knowledgeability, able to think on their feet and also keep productivity wise. They have to stay on top of that back end. Right. Right. So so what are some of the things? Of course, I'm in marketing, so I want to know, like, I want to know all your trade secrets now. (laughs) 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 
what are some of the things you guys are utilizing to really get the word out into the community? Um, of course, I'm ready to jump in full force ahead. Of course, you know, that's I got my stuff together. Um, what are some of the avenues you guys are taking? What are some of the things you are doing to like make sure people know that you guys exist and what you offer? Well, we do a multifaceted um, approach um, to outreach. So we do door-to-door canvassing with door knockers, which we prepare door knockers. And that's updated on a regular basis, depending on what's going on. So we prepare those packages and we have volunteers that come in and help us do that too, because we need hundreds of them at a time. If you can imagine if they hit 10, 15 blocks a day, mm-hmm. we need hundreds of those things. So they do that and then they'll do email, email blasts. And, um, you know, we use a, a tool like MailChimp or something like that um, or regular email mm-hmm. um, to kind of follow up with that. And then we do telephone outreach, which uh, surprisingly enough is the favorite for people that receive a call from us. Wow. Wow. It's almost like a wellness call. We call them wellness checks. Um, right. How you doing? Did you receive a door knocker? Did you get our email? Um, if not, you know, this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of connect and people really like that direct connection. So we do it like that too. And we also do text blasts and things like that. It's just according to what was going it's on. It needs to go out. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you, you have all of this stuff going on. I'm assuming you got a staff of 5,000 that mm-hmm. all of this work, right? <laughs> that is so crazy that you mentioned that. So I was talking about our fabulous rental assistance coordinator, and uh, we just found out that she's going to have to move on. Um, her life was too busy. We actually put her in place um, to to launch our rental assistance program, and um, she got that all set up, up and running and things like that. So it's time for her to move on. So we're actually heavily engaged and looking for a new one, and she's helping us. Oh, I have a job. Yeah, we're looking for the riddle assistance coordinator. So, um, no, we don't. We don't have big staffs. I mean, our NAC program, for for example, has four staff. Um, the most staff that we have will probably be in our land care area. We have three different crews that go out and do land care, land maintenance. Um, so, you know, it, it's probably maybe about nine of them. Nice. Land maintenance. I mean, for someone like myself, don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little into detail with that. Like, what do land? What does that mean to the community, and what do they actually do? That's a great question. Actually, what Landcare does is multifaceted. We have three different contracts. So we have um, what they actually do. A lot of times, you'll see these vacant lots all over the city with the little fences around them. Mm-hmm. So sometimes they don't have fences, but what they do is they clean, cut the grass and maintain those lots. They get cut twice a month, which really isn't enough, but they get they cut them twice a month. So right now, I think we're managing maybe about 650 vacant lots in northwest Philadelphia. And um, we started out with a small group of them and then we kept growing and growing. So we've done actually that's those contracts are really our most lucrative contracts and it allows us to train local residents that are interested in land management, getting them certified, OSHA trained and things like that. Hmm. And they're able to maintain these lots and um, things like that. It's it's, it's not easy work. It's challenging work. Awesome. We we keep people employed like that. 
Absolutely. Speaking of keeping people employed, of course, I was there eavesdropping. So I heard about another program and I wanted to see if you could talk about that a little bit where, you know, the some people can come out in the community mm-hmm. and get paid to really just help out. if just pay for a day or something like that. I know I'm yeah. not So you can talk a little bit about that to those who may be interested. That is my favorite program. Uh, <laughs> people wonder why, but that's our same day work pay program. And basically those people who are interested in helping us keep the community clean and we only do it once a week. Sometimes we might do a special project in addition, but it's once a week, usually on Wednesdays and we're able to hire um, local residents from the community to clean the community, clean the streets and sidewalks and things like that. And they get paid for, uh, for that $100 cash um when they come out and do that so they get together most of them come back often so they get to know each other um they get to know the community the community oh man they they love them they see them coming with their you know all their equipment and stuff like that right and they're out there telling them bringing them lemonade and all that kind of good stuff and now we're this year we're able to hire younger people so we have some younger people um um, working out there with us and ladies too. We the ladies okay. are getting ready to take over. Uh, nice, on. nice. Some young ladies are out there doing that, and they, they everybody gets along very well. So it's it's our you know it's one of our best programs. And what's the range in that? I know I heard you talking. Look, I'm a, if anybody know y'all know I'm an eavesdropper. I just follow her around and listen. Wow, So I heard you talking about this to somebody and. You were saying you were talking about the vicinity and how the different programs. I think Zach was actually talking about it as well. Mm-hmm. But you guys cover a large area. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like what you guys actually cover with that? Program? Yeah. Well, actually, with our NAC program, supportive services wise, we cover 15 census tracts. So that kind of covers four different neighborhoods: all of Nice Town and portions of Hunting Park, um, mm-hmm. West Oak Lane, and Logan, and a little bit of Somerville. Okay. Uh, so it's actually all a nice town and, and four other neighborhoods, but that's a huge area for supportive wow. services. So it's, that's why we're always looking for volunteers to help out with outreach. Um, in terms of development, we're a little bit more concise and our boundaries kind of um, extend from the other side of the Wayne Junction, um, which is at the top of our area. Um, and that's Berkeley Street. Um, to uh, Lindley Avenue on the other side, and then on the on the south side, going going south where we stop at Broad like Broad where Broad areas on, okay. on the Broad Street being our our natural boundary. Wow. So it's it's kind of it's kind of a big area, but actually Nice Town is one of the smaller neighborhoods in the community in the city. Um, and a lot of times you'll hear um, Tioga, Nice Towns, Tioga slash Nice Town, or Nice Town slash Tioga. The Nice mm-hmm. Town is really a, a smaller neighborhood, but the way we address needs, it kind of extends us, you know, right, right. outside of Nice Town. Yeah. Oh, y'all get around. I hear about y'all all the time, so I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what do you enjoy? That was personal. Yeah. So you you do this and you do it well. And, you know, I know it got to be overwhelming, frustrating and crazy at times. Mm-hmm. What keeps you motivated to actually get up and go in and all the offices that you go in through? <laughs> uh, 
You know, that that's a great question. Um, Cause sometimes it does get frustrating, especially with everything that's going on in the world today. Right. But I'm telling you the things that keep, really keeps me motivated personally is to um, see um, the growth of a, of a local resident or see something, you know, turn around for somebody that was seeking help. Right. And they were able to do something with it. And that, that kind of was exemplified the other day at our Give Back Festival when we awarded Miss Rose Kelly, um, who's been a volunteer with us for years. She's just a natural volunteer. She cares about her neighbors and everything. And what she did was um, not only does she help with outreach and things like that, but she had taken it upon herself to start to try to educate her neighbors about getting the COVID-19 vaccine. Wow. And she didn't really know how to utilize um, online processes and things like that. So she worked for a while, a couple of weeks with our NAC coordinator of Solomon Williams. And um, he was able to, and took a lot of patience, but he was able to teach her how to go online and sign people up and things like that. So at the time of the um, give back, we surprised her with a certificate of, of outstanding service. And she also got a TV thrown that day too. She was really hey. <laughs> she got a TV. But she came in yesterday and she said, I got four more people. So she nice. said she's not stopping. She's still doing it. And um things like that, that right there really, really, you know, it excites everybody. You see progress, you see how you were able to help someone right and, and grow and you know, and they can grow in, in their capacity. So that right there is the kind of thing that keeps us motivated. Awesome. Awesome. So you mentioned sponsors and how these programs work. And I think a lot, you know, I have arguments with people all the time because I grew up in the CDC and <laughs> I know how it works. So one of the things, you know, different sponsors, donations, things like that, if you could talk a little bit about how you, because a lot of people think, oh, they just get money from the city or they get money from the state. And they, I know it don't work like that. So if you could talk a little bit about that so we can, you know, address my, my arguments here so I can yeah. win. <laughs> Well, you probably win because it is hard work and people really don't understand process because we're a nonprofit basically. So um, one of the things that you have to, um, we've, we've been taught as a nonprofit is to not depend on grants um, and governmental funding as much as you can. So over the years, that's why a lot of things we're contracted to do. Um, but we're, um, I would say right now we're, 70% basically um, non-governmental. So, and it took us a while to get there. You have to diversify your funding streams. So for some things, just say like our Give Back Festival, we rely on sponsors. That could be corporate sponsors, private sponsors, um, and individuals that feel like they wanna donate or contribute to the Give Back Festival or the ZAR education scholarships or anything related to the festival. Um, when it comes to actual operations of programs, they may be more connected to a contract that okay. we may have with the city or like our land care is um, contracted with the Pennsylvania Horticultural Society um, and, and things like that. Our NAC program is contracted by um, the Division of Housing and Community Development. So mm -hmm. a lot of those are contractual, some governmental, some not. And... Um, different things like that, but we're all always looking for ways to 
have a diverse um, base of funding stream so you don't get dependent on gov governmental funds and always writing proposals and looking for grants and things like that, which we do. That's, so that, that's, my, that's my next question. Mm -hmm. So you already jumped in. So I'm going to stop you. We're going to take you right back to it. So far as, you know, and I, I think that's another big job that people don't really understand because mm -hmm. I tried to write a grant. I mean, I got it and it worked, but it took me forever. Yeah. So, you know, can you talk a little bit about, you know, how that works, how that works with a large, you know, with a corporation like yourself? Um, you know, who does it? Are you sitting at your desk all day with a stack of papers to dive right in? Like, how does that happen? <laughs> well, it depends. Again, it depends on um, what the activity is or whatever. And I do a lot of grant writing, programmatic grants, like everything related to our NEC program or um, when we ask um, Department of Community Economic Development for funds and things like that, I usually write those grants. But when you get to the bigger grants, um, or especially if it's anything related to development, then we have a team of people that work together to, um, you know, submit a proposal for a grant. And that can be very tedious, um, especially putting narratives together that basically justify your existence and kind of sell you and your capacity to do whatever. Um, and and it really gets into, pro you, you have a project manager and, and others that are helping you along with a proposal like that. Or they may more so take on that role and you'll just be contributing to the, the proposal or you know the budget narrative or something like that. But yes, you're absolutely right. It can be very, very tedious oh, and stressful. I just threw all my papers in the air. You just uh -huh. in the office. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, so just with with that being said, you say okay, we have you have a team that actually do that work. What oh, you don't have time to do anything. So, but I know, I know, I did my homework. I know that you're a busy woman. Nonetheless, you're still at meetings. You're still supporting mm. other companies by sitting on boards and things like that. Mm. So. Can you talk a little bit about and this is for my entrepreneurs that are tuned in can you talk a little bit about being flexible um and maybe the reason why you actually donate your time and you know contribute to other causes mm -hmm. and actually that is another thing that i like doing too um, a lot of times we get asked to help people who are starting up a nonprofit. we do a lot of that or starting up a cdc or something of that nature I myself, I sit on a few boards. I had to get off a couple because it was a little bit too much and you want to be able to give of yourself. So it's, it's some kind of impactfulness to it. So right now I sit on the um, Philadelphia City um, Land Bank Board. I've been on there since inception, which is unbelievable. Wow. Um, I was like the last man standing when administration started changing, but I was the former chair of the um, Philadelphia City Land Bank um, so that is a, and, and you, you alluded to something very important is that a lot of times I get on these boards so I can learn how, what makes things tick, mm -hmm. you know, and to see just, you know, the mechanics of things. And it's been a great learning experience for me because our, our organization was blessed to learn development and community, um, economic development, um, from the masters, from universal companies all the way to Ogans Avenue Revitalization Corp, mm -hmm. our current um, 
project manager that works on all our development projects is from Penrose, one of the original um, founders of the Penrose properties um, and things like that. So we just position to, to learn from the masters. So that right there was really good. But the and other another board I'm on now is for a school, an alternative school called Natural Creativity, where children learn they are they learn in a different type of environment um, than the structured schools and charter schools and things like that. So that has been a, a big learning experience for for me as well. So these boards sometimes you and, and I'm I'm on one right now with an organization called Me Productions. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, mm -mm. but um, they do a lot with youth, um, okay. a lot of surveying and finding ways to reach youth and things like that. So I like being a part of, they're working on something now to um, address the violence from a preventive perspective. Um, they feel like that's the best way that they can make a difference to right. make prevention. So those kind of boards like that, that actually help in our everyday work. Right. Um, you know, I like to keep it like that, not just a board that has nothing to do with what, what we do, right? <laughs> um, you know, just sitting there or you just, you know, but I like when you can learn from it, you can be a right. participant in it and you're respected for whatever you bring to the table. Exactly. And, you know, so it's, it's a good dynamic. Wow. They gonna get me. They gonna be like Nina Capone and this respect the hustle and took up Majita's time. That's what I do. That's what I do. I'm bullying. Yeah. I, love I, I love that name. Respect the hustle. Yes. But so, so when you you talk about boards and being on boards, and you know, like I said, um, dealing with a lot of you know uh, people around, they ask a lot of questions, and they don't get to follow you around and and, and get on your nerves like me, so they don't have the answers. But right. you know. Sitting on a board, like how much time would you say actually goes into, you know, contributing to that? Because some people get asked and turn it down, not understanding, you know, what the real contribution is or what the time period that you really have to put into someone else's board. Um, what, what does that look like? Just kind of an overall overview there. Like the time that I have to put yeah, in. How much time would you have to put in? Yeah, I would say um, <laughs> I need to be honest and say sometimes. Like if I know I have a board meeting, especially with the land bank, it's a lot of paperwork you have to study. Okay. Properties that are getting, you know, disposition of properties and, you know, public hearings and things like that. Mm -hmm. So you got to kind of read up on what's being presented and things like that. So I find myself the day before making sure I got every ball of ducks in the row. So I kind of just in case. Right. Um, have to say something or whatever, just to, to make sure I know what I'm, you know, going what, on. yeah. Right. So you, you, you gotta, I would say, um, some of these boards are only quarterly meetings. Okay. So you have to, in the interim, you got to kind of keep up with what's going on in between. Mm -hmm. and a lot of times you may be asked to, uh, do something to help a particular activity. You know, like somebody may ask me if they know that I have a relationship with a council person or something like that. They may say, well, Majita, is it OK if you can reach out to her or him or whatever and see if we can get a meeting or if we can do this or follow up on what's that and that type of thing. So it really it really depends on what that particular entity is. 
Right. And what you have to bring to it, you know, kind of determines how much time you spend with it. But yeah, that's why you can't be on a lot because when you start adding everything up, it, you will find that it's taking up a pretty significant right. amount of time. Yeah. Okay. Now I wanted to ask you, I've got, I got 10,000 questions in my head. I've been holding all week, right? So <laughs> we're running the time. Don't worry. They'll cut me off. But I wanted to ask about um, just networking. I know one of the big things with business period, any not whether for-profit or nonprofit, you know, um, you mentioned um, dealing, you know, getting with the, the council people, the, the politicians, Majita, um, you in the mix. I always say, I'm like, that's what you know what it is. You're watching the news. You're everywhere. Lord. <laughs> and you can talk a little bit about, um, you know, being out there and just networking. Like, how do you network? How do you say, you know, I'm out here. I think that's another big struggle for people to get to understand uh, how to network with people. How do you, you know, go in and say hi or, you know, yeah, uh, without being a rapper like myself. <laughs> how do you get if people? I was a rapper, I would have really been doing something. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes it can be kind of, you can be kind of nervous if it's that. And that's another reason, again, where I get on some of these boards, I just jump right in. And, you know, you try to build relationships, you try to create relationships. And a lot of times um, this networking is you're amongst people that um, kind of know you for what you do. And they have that level of, you know, respect for what you do. And you kind of engage with each other and share best practices and things like that. You start to build relationships like that. And before you know it, um, you know, when you go to networking events or special events and things like that, you meet people, exchange cards or information. Right. A lot of times you'll find that somebody will say, well, you, they'll reach out to you and say, oh, I met you at the certain certain event mm -hmm. and I'd like to see if we can meet to do something. You find that you can end up doing a project with somebody or you can work together, collaborate. Collaboration and partnership is is really what we built our organization on. We built our organizational partnership and collaboration. So it's building relationships and, you know, you can't be afraid. It's, it's just a, people that know me from, from when I was younger, they can't believe I'm doing what I'm doing now because I used to be real introverted, never said anything. Wow. Now they can't shut me up. Right. I was like, wait a minute, you? <laughs> no, nah, like, come here. Show me this. Show me this. And I, I think that's that's you know it's all about personality because when people talk mm. about you and they mention you, um, everybody knows you're busy. <laughs> but beyond that, it's like you still take time to to get to know people, to work with people, right? Um, you know, and it's it's just again, you know, I commend you on just remaining pleasant because sometimes I'll be ready. Like I said, if I had muscles, I flip a desk over. But <laughs> sometimes yeah, I don't work like that, sometimes. you know. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. So. so you you really got that whole organizer, you know, you like born with it. Maybe you just ain't know it at first. Look, I love the organizer thing, you know, because we went through stages in our development of our organization where it was at one point we were walking around with suits on every day and um, running back and forth. And uh, it, was, it was just a, a different phase. But the I remember when President Obama uh, got in office and everybody knew he was a community organizer. I was walking around, yeah, I'm a community organizer. <laughs> I like I like that that title more than anything that I do. That um, nice. I really like to, you know, 
really get out there in the mix, no matter what, because it's not always fun. Right, right. You know, you know, it, as pleasant as you can try to be or whatever, try to be as positive as possible. Sometimes people still might not like you. So right. you have to be able to navigate that as well. Um, and a little, you know, well, not a little, but some some frequent prayer helps. And, and just being sincere and, you know, you know, about whatever you're passionate about. And I find that a lot of my colleagues that are successful like that, it's the same thing. Just trying to be true to yourself and true to your organization and keeping it real and um, and just keep it moving like that. Um, I think that's, that's, that's a good base to, to Listen, I've watched you work and, you know, I, I'm honored. Because I, I see that you deal with, you know, you, you talk about diversity and bringing people into work and volunteers. And over the years, I've saw, you know, the the dynamics of mm-hmm. the different personalities. And, you know, like I've come, I've been around since I was a little young girl. Yeah. So, you know, being a business owner, entrepreneur myself, and I look and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, I need a hug because you know <laughs> with, with these personalities. So yeah. I have to ask, let's give some advice. Help a sister out. What you know, what do you I know I know the woo side thing and that don't work. Sometimes I woo side and I stay woo. <laughs> I don't come back. So how do you deal with the different strong personalities? Because you do have a lot around you. So what would you say like some of your, your challenges in dealing with that? Oh wow. Sometimes you don't even realize where these challenges will come from. Oh my God, I see my girl Cynthia Barnes over here. It makes me realize that, um, like I was saying before, you learn from the, the best mm-hmm. and you try to associate yourself with people that are, are honest and trying to really make a difference in the community and also representing the community. A lot of times you're representing the community and you want to do that as honestly um, as possible. So, um, you know, those are some of the challenges, but when you have colleagues that that have like-minded colleagues Mm -hmm. um, and you learn, you learn from each other big time. I learned so much from my colleagues and those that I work with in the community. I can't say that enough. And, it's what it keeps you honest, <laughs> and um, it's just—it's like a support system for right. those of us that are doing this. So that's another network right there. It's a support system, and we encourage each other, and you know things like that. And that's been a real, a real blessing, you know, to what I do every day. Absolutely, and I mean, just being in a community where you are—you're um, on a strip. And I, I call it the strip, right? So, yes, yes, I mean, location is everything, and it's a great location, but nonetheless, it's a busy space. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember calling you one day because I was watching the news, and I was like, oh my God, that's my family. Are they okay? Check on them. What's happening? So, I mean, with the day to day operations and things going on, and with, you know, what happens outside the office, how do you deal with that? Because I know that could be. You know, you just kind of create fear in us and, you know, different staff. How do you do? How are you dealing with that? 
Well, are you you talking about like just what's going on? The violence, through? the, yeah. the uh, bomb threats. I mean, it all goes down sometime. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. I find out like, oh my God, are they okay? We need to take That's in some humans and get them. You know? Yeah. People, like, so call I, us a lot. People call us a lot when they see, especially if they recognize the area. Right. Yeah, we're just thankful that um, we really not have any incidents, but at the same time, um, just about everybody with the Nice Town CDC has experienced violence and murder. Um, our CEO has lost two sons to census violence. Our chairman, he just lost his son a couple years ago, and he it urged him to form an organization called Black Male Community Council of Philadelphia. Mm. Um, so most of us that are that are on the board of the Nice Town CDC or staff have all been affected in some way. And you know, lately it's just a lot. It's like almost every turn you're when you wake up in the morning, you just pray nothing's happening, but right. yet still you hear it. And lately you've been hearing on the news, Nice Town. They sometimes they put Nice Town Tiger together. And it's like this one got shot, 15-year-old, this one and that one. And that keeps hitting us every day. It's hitting you, hitting you, hitting you. Sirens, you know, reports. And it's traumatic. It's traumatic to sure. those we serve, the victims, and those of us that are out here working. So um, it's to, again, we 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 almost have like us. We seek refuge in each other, and and you know, look to each other for to keep your head up and keep working. It, it takes a lot to keep working Absolutely. in the environment. Sometimes you feel like you know. You know, you're not doing anything, or what else can I do? We need to be doing something else, right? And right. Um, so, it's just it's what we like to do too. And we said this a lot at the Give Back Festival this year. We want people to know the good works that are going on. You know, it seems like all of this death and dying and traumatic things, mm-hmm. but there are people out here doing some fantastic work with youth, with seniors with the community, trying to make a difference, trying to protect what's ours, you know, right. any kind of gentrification and stuff like that. Amazing work. And I'm talking about people that are working hard. So it's good for the community to know these things. And most of the time they're not aware. So again, right. that's the importance of the um, community engagement and outreach. Yeah, getting that good word out. We need to hear some good news sometimes. We really do. And I think it's important. And that's why, you know, you forced me because I'm, I'm going to just blame you <laughs> to add this community conversation with Nice Town um, to the segment, you know, of the Respect the Hustle. Because what I want to do is work alongside you to get the people, you know, who we know need recognition or need to get the word out. I mean, because doing videos or doing um, lives like this, is, we're reaching people and, yeah. and we can resend it out and say, hey, I don't have time to talk, but check out this video. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what we do. This is who we are. Because I think it's important. Again, like you said, I met so many people um, at the Give Back where I'm like, oh my God, I got to get these interviews going like yesterday. And oh, like, man, so many people, so many people. Right. And I think it's important that that information share because again I had to start it with you because I say you are the hub and the connection to this this community and far and wide because so many people know you like I'm out in the southwest area but you know they like ain't you the girl from Nice Town I'm like uh uh (laughs) you know so that means we're reaching people all over the city and it's just bigger than Nice Town so that you know that impact is huge and you know people you know, I seen them come by to donate, just giving stuff. We like, what is this? What is this? So that's huge. And I just like you said, 
for people who are out there, like I said, I've met maybe 10 people that I need to get on like yesterday. Oh, wow. That's to interview so people can know that they exist because mm-hmm. that's the struggle. Um, you know, because you guys are not only a community center, but you're also counselors. Yes, <laughs> I mean, <yeah. laughs> you know, um, you I think you take that and separate it sometime, but, you know, I'm sure people walk through that door on their last leg, um, just feeling down mm-hmm. or <laughs> at the end, yes. you know, so just, so I, before we go, I have to ask, you know, how, how, how is that, how is it dealing with the emotional side of, you know, people coming in because you're the community center, you're mm-hmm. where we all, you know, this is it. This is, I have to yeah. go in and see if they can help me. Yeah. That can be, um, the challenge as well. Um, some of um, we've had coordinators over the years and we they all still come back and we're still good. And I remember one coordinator we had that she was real attached to these seniors. Mm-hmm. And something had happened to them. Um, she realized something with them and she was just crying at work. I mean, you can it you it can take you there sometimes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, a lady called on the phone the other day and she was calling for rental assistance. And I said, well, April's not in today. Oh, I'm supposed to have a two o'clock appointment with her. And my landlord is getting ready to do this and that. And so I was like, okay. So I looked around and I saw, I said, are you going to be able to take this lady? And they said, yeah. And I got back on the line and said, you know what? We're going to come on in. We're going to, we're going to help you. And she was so, oh my God. She was so happy. Even when she got here, she just kept saying it over and over. So if, if it's a, a possible, if it's a possibility that you can kind of go the extra mile sometimes, mm-hmm. you have to, um, because it could be you. You, you imagine yourself, you right. know, never for the grace of God, it could be any one of us. So we try to, even though it, I'm telling you, it could be a, a real test with COVID going on, put on your mask, mm-hmm. mask, and you know, sometimes people don't want to wear it and all like that, but. Right. Right. You know, we try to do everything and make like, you know, it's us here, this family. Look, put your mask on, do this, let's let's do this together or whatever. Right. And work your way through it from that perspective. It works right. most of the time and sometimes it doesn't, but you know, you know, that's just that's just the way we, we try to I try to make sure we treat people the way we want to be treated. But it can be very stressful and emotional at times. I'm sure it can be challenging, um, you know, just just kind of thinking about it and the different things that, you know, right now are, are going on with the housing. Um, so I'm going to take this last 10 minutes since I'm being look, I see this clock flashing in front of me. But I wanted to take this a time and see if you can talk a little bit about, you know, what people need to do to um, obtain rental assistance, because although it's been available, I still see a lot of people who don't know, you know, where to start. Um, from right. different communities, and it's it's kind of frustrating and stressing for them. And mm-hmm. like you said, everybody don't know how to go online and do it. Right, so. right. For the most part, I I like to say that we're we're hand holders here, um, as, as far as our NAC program is concerned. We're hand holders, so most people can go online and, and complete a rental assistance application. Mm-hmm. Some people can't, so those that don't, they're the ones that call us and they say. I try to do this. I can't do that. Can I, you know, and you make an appointment with them. So basically what they have to do, if they're having issues and they need some assistance or help, they can call us 
when they call us, you have to make an appointment. We're booking appointments now for late September. That's how many people are calling for appointments right now. So they call, make an appointment, and when they come in for their appointment, um, when, when you talk to them about their appointment, you tell them everything they need when they get here. So because if there's anything missing, you're not going to be able to be seen or your application won't be processed. So that's pushed a lot. And then when they get here, we try to walk them through and let them see what we're doing in the computer. Um, loading up documents, the, I mean, you know, leases and things like that. Walk them through that process because um, one of the other things we do is not just to do it for them all the time, but if they can't, we try to walk them through it and let them look and see what this process is. Right. You know, so they can check the status. You know, they don't have to come running to the office every time they want to check something, although a lot of times they do. They do, right? <laughs> They're coming. <laughs> but you just encourage them to, and they, they feel so much better when they start inching along and they see that, okay, I can do this. Right. So, you know, that type of thing. So that's basically it. You call, make an appointment, make sure you have all your documentation, mm -hmm. and come and sit down, and our folks will help you. Nice, nice, nice. Did I burn you out? I feel yeah. like I did. I got you. <laughs> I'm going to get you. Um, I'm going to bring my co-host in for a second to see if he have any questions. Mr. 3.0. Ah. How you doing? How you me? doing? What's going on? Can y'all hear me? We can hear you. Yeah. We can hear do you, you, do you have any questions? Uh, I, I, I do want to say I don't really have questions. I just want to say that I, I really do applaud you for all the hard work that you put out there. Um, I have family to live in that in that neighborhood of Germantown. I had the pleasure of doing a lot of work for you as well. Um, you may not remember me, but I'm the computer tech. You know, yeah. so. <laughs> yes. I'm a, I, sure. I got I got my I got my first one on one computer tech lesson in your building, and you know you can't tell me I'm not a computer tech. But uh, again, uh, I definitely applaud you and appreciate all the hard work that you're putting out here in this community. Um, I look forward to more. You will see me soon because I will be out to help you out with some of your projects that I heard about since I've been oh, on my. air. We need and, you. Um, Oh, no problem. You already know. I mean, the last time I met you, you, you said some things to me that actually stuck to me. And I, I really acknowledged some of the things that you were teaching me as far as like how uh, about growth and um, different things as far as networking. And um, now I feel like I am definitely a networking machine. And I just want to give you your flowers, Miss Lady. That's all. Aww. You know, you're my auntie, though. I call you auntie. <laughs> you're, you're auntie. That is so wonderful. Thank you so much. I really appreciate Thank you, Jay. Thank you. So, so yeah, so it's like, you know, people get to know you, they get attached, you know, you become everybody's family. They be like, oh, yeah, that's my auntie, that's my, I'm like, well, that's my mom, so I don't know y'all. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know y'all. But, you know, just thank you for everything that you do. I mean, that's from, sincerely from my heart. And, um, of course, you inspired this entire segment that oh, I'm going to start to do. Um, I'll probably come do some some lives there as well, just because it's it's easy to do, and we can you know really get people and like really get the word out because I think that's the big important part right here. That's the mission to really get the word out, not just what the CDC does, but the surrounding community, different programs that work with you guys. So 
Definitely, you know, I know you want to get some shout outs. I feel like we should get hood now. Get some shout outs to some people. <laughs> but definitely a shout out to all the staff at the Nice Town CDC, everything that they do. Um, you guys are amazing. Again, I sit in there and my hair turned gray just sitting there like, oh, I don't know how they do it. I couldn't do it. You know, I think it's important that the, your, you guys' mission and, you know, I'm looking forward to, to being back in the mix. So I will see you soon. Uh, I thank you again for being on the Council. And, you know, I'm going to send you all a link so you can post them up. Let everybody know you're famous now. <laughs> oh, Lord. You know, Solomon going to have a good time with that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, thank everybody for tuning in this evening. And it's been a pleasure having Sister Majita on the line with me. Um, this is the community conversation today with Nice Town CDC. And Majita, we'll talk on the other side. But everybody else that tuned in, thanks for being here. We love y'all. Peace out. Respect the hustle. Thank y'all. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.